Hello, welcome to Old Guard New Blood, Majestic episode 19. And today we're going to talk about site performance and how site performance affects search engine optimization. Again, I've got a great crowd. Uh, we've got on the on the old guard. I reckon is John and uh, uh, John and Lucas, and on the uh, the new blood is is Pam. Uh, so uh, who's who's uh, who's um, changing her name as as I speak? I think so. You know. So why don't we start off with uh, with you, Pam? Who who are you, and where do you come from? And thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I am. Please be kind, as the new blood. You know, I'm not here to chum the waters <laughs> per se. But, no, 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 no. Um, we like the new blood to take to to, to really rip the old. <laughs> God apart, basically anything oh, okay. that we say, like, disagreeing like with us because uh, because you've got new ideas is is absolutely great. Because uh, okay, okay, not sure on. whether that'll happen or not, but we shall yeah. see. So I'm Pam Unst Cronin of Pam and Marketing and Stealth Search and Analytics. We specialize in same both companies specialize in the same four things: SEO, PPC, analytics, and WordPress. With Payment Marketing, we work directly with clients, and with Stealth, we work under the radar of other agencies on a reseller basis. Oh, cool. Excellent. And uh, Lucas, uh, tell us all about uh, SEO London. Who are you? Oh, you come from? <laughs> Hi, Lucas Zelezny. I was working for uh, around 15, 15 years in London in various companies, and a couple of years ago, what was my hobby and side business, this, uh, I decided to make my main business. So... I have SEO.London, which is my uh, consultancy business, and uh, yeah, and I think quite cool domain. And uh, I see you, 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 you're, you're going on there with uh, with adverts on your chest, which I, I kind of very much approve of. This is a <laughs> majestic sponsored event, but you know, other other brands may uh, <laughs> may show themselves off. <laughs> uh, John, how are you, mate? A long time hey. no see. It's been a long time, although I've seen you a lot over the years. Uh, well, so my name yeah, but uh, COVID has uh, has taken us too far apart, you know. So it's tell true. us about yourself and where you come from, John. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm John Henshaw, and um, I am a co-founder of Raven Tools, which was sold in 2017, and been doing this stuff for a long time. I guess that's why I'm the old guard. Uh, and today I am uh, an SEO lead at Viacom CBS, and and then in my spare time for fun. My digital playground is is Koi Wolf at KoiWolf.com, and and that's that's about it. I just eat and breathe SEO. I never get tired of it for some weird reason. Uh, we loved uh, we loved Raven Tools and Majestic, not least because you uses our data. So thank you very much for that. And then I'm... <laughs> that's right. You, you and, and over were... the years gave us a lot of cash actually. So thank you very much. <laughs> and great T-shirts. I still have the one that yeah, says "I'm social tool." Everybody, oh, that's great. That's that. that's a favorite. Yeah. This is wow. Okay. So this is gonna be a nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. <laughs> so uh thanks so much uh, very much to everyone for coming on just before we uh, jump to the questions uh in case i've missed anything out let me introduce my producer david where are you i am right here dixon hiding i'm fine have i missed anything out no not at all uh, i just want to tell the listener or viewer that um obviously we're broadcasting live at the moment we are available on spotify on apple podcasts and google podcasts as well so please subscribe there if you want to catch up with all previous episodes as well if you want to watch a future episode live please go to majestic.com webinars and sign up there Excellent. Thanks very much. And thanks to the Majestic for uh, for sponsoring the event as usual. So, so guys, we're all talking about site performance SEO or SEO and its effect on or site performance effect on, on SEO. So I was going to start with, you know, one tip. Uh, if people haven't got time to, to get through the whole uh, video, 
what one thing do you think is, is very, very important? So, Lucas, why don't I start with you? Uh, what's, a, what's one tip, one takeaway that people can take from the top of the show uh, for site performance? Um, I think uh, the, the easiest to implement would be, from my end, uh, recommendation of usage of the WebP uh, file format as the main format for images. Uh, so, you know, most of the time people are still using JPEG. They may not perform that well. WebP are giving a better um, better um, amalgamation with what Google expect us uh, regarding to the performance. And uh, you may see uh, often error in the page speed uh, insights that if websites is not using uh, properly compressed images or properly formatted I- images, then then the WebP is an answer. Okay, that's a great tip. I'm going to come back to that because, you know, that's easier said than done sometimes. So, okay, we'll come back to that one. Uh, John, what about you? There's no such thing as one tip, <laughs> but I'll try. Yeah, okay, um, we're not allowed to do it. It depends on this show. I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> so... What I really want to talk about are all the things you should be doing to your site. But since I only get to choose sort of one, I would say that uh, people are going to find immediate performance gains simply by using a good caching system like WP Rocket and and then also uh, leveraging leveraging that with Cloudflare. Those, if I can combine those two things into one tip, that that would be the place I would start to get something immediate. But there's so much more you have to do, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we will. No, I just wanted to give everyone one. So that, and then I'll allow you to call that one, even though that's two that we can have yeah, a conversation thanks. about Appreciate both that. of those. That's all right. That's all right, John. I like to be, you know, a kind host, really, you know. <laughs> Pam, <laughs> what about one for you? Well, John stole my WP Rocket answer. Um, oh, so I'll just go higher level. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I was also thinking of saying, like, before getting deep into the technical weeds, just high level, my number one tip would be don't spend too much time debating the importance of this or trying to figure out how much of an improvement you're going to get if you put the time into it. It's Site performance is important for both of your audiences, your humans, and your search engine robots. Just do it. I don't, that's a good bit of advice. Just do it. Uh, and even without swearing, which... Uh, that's the modern, the, the modern woke way from the youngsters, really. You know, so <laughs> we're in the middle of there, so that's great. I'm glad you guys think I'm so young. Thank so, you. uh, <laughs> what, you know, what is uh, what is? Uh, I'm going to start. Okay, I'm going to start with 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 this one. What is to a to to a person that hasn't spent years in SEO? What counts as site site performance? Is it just site speed? Is it um, about UX? Is it about how you go through the site, or is it basically just site speed. Pam, why don't you go with that? I would say all of the above. Um, I think at first it was construed to be just site speed back, you know, when Google first started talking about how speed matters. But now, especially with the core web vitals and really all along, it's been how well does your site perform? You know, people are like, oh my gosh, these these core web vitals, this is so hard to tend to, blah, blah, blah. And then what even are they? And then when I explain what it is, they're like, oh yeah, I hate when I go on a site and it does that. I immediately leave. I'm like, well, there you go. (laughs) So it's the... (laughs) experience which is comprised of both speed and usability yeah okay fair enough anyone else want to add anything to that or are you just going to go with uh with what pam says there Uh, if you look at what google has been doing over the years uh it it's all around um just general user experience and what they're trying to do is they're trying to make sure that the sites that they're recommending in the search results are going to have the highest level of engagement 
Um, that's why it matters whether or not uh, somebody comes in and then they have to wait for something or it's a bunch of pop-ups. And because what you're going to end up having is people bouncing back out and going elsewhere. Uh, Google cares about delivering, at least from the organic experience, the best pages possible with the best user experience. And they're using things like Core Web Vitals to leverage that, to, to basically force people, force sites and publishers into doing this. It's their way of doing it. It's why they say there's a ranking component to it. And, and so that's, that's sort of what I wanted to add to that. So can I throw a spanner in the works and just come back at you and ask then, guys, you know, does that mean that really good, interactive, engaging content then gets a real hit because it takes a while to load up this stuff. And and uh, and so it may be that the best content doesn't actually uh, get, um, uh, get seen in the search results because it's too engaging. And that involves, you know, a complicated web page that, that might require people clicking on things. Um, is that just a, a fact of life or do you, you know, have to have some gateway pages into that interactive content to, uh, to, things fast i'll throw that through to john that anyone else can jump in sure uh i mean i th i think that uh what you're describing is uh like an online game <laughs> or something i yeah, don't think that's yeah. typical content i think that the type of content that most people consume it's either gonna be text um or video and 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 so you should never have an experience where you get to a page and you're just waiting for it to load. I mean, the whole point is to not go back to the flash site days. Uh, the whole point is that you can immediately engage in something. And, and if you do have a, a site where the content, the experience that you want the visitor to have is something that takes a while to load or whatever it might be, then yes, in that particular case, which I would consider to be an edge case, but in that case, I would, I would do something so that, um, at least from the core web vitals perspective, something loads immediately and then um, you can lead them into that experience. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking of things like, you know, maybe surveys because everybody loves a good survey. Well, they did They did when I was, you know, watching at school as everyone kind of, you know, looked at the, uh, the, the magazines and then went through the, uh, you know, do I look cool on Saturday night kind of. But a survey There's should be instant. I mean, I mean, it should be. A survey, right. if, you, if we're thinking SEO, should should actually, uh, if you want that first page, that first component of a survey to mm -hmm. rank, if we're talking about you know visibility in, in Google, then you're probably going to want to make it like an article and and then have that first thing either below or have a, a call to action to start the survey. Pat, you kind of uh, look like you wanted to add something there. I'm mulling over a thought that I'm trying to put into words. Um, basically, it's like, yes, a poor page experience could hold back really great content, but there are 200 plus other things that could also do that. So you kind of have to do the best you can on every front. I wouldn't say that this is the only thing to worry about to hold back the ranking of great content. There's a whole bunch of things you can do to right or wrong or whatever, you know, the, the it's the mix of how you do with everything. I always explain SEO as a, as a game, you know, you're earning as many points as you can to be your competitor and you have to do it with a whole bunch of different like cards in your deck, like, you know, to, to play, play whatever you can play. Um, so anyway, that's just the best I could put that thought Pat together. Something magic along the lines gathering, of Pat <laughs> magic, the gathering cronin there. We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> there I get go. it. I get it. Something I, along uh, those lines is what I was love thinking. It. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lucas, um, you know, how, how do you measure it? I mean, how do you, how, what's your favorite tools for measuring site performance then? I am using URL profiler through API. Uh, 
And uh, if I, I think this is enough because that can give you a view on uh, multiple of the URLs. So when I'm implementing something that impact significantly, like John said, Cloudflare, for example, I don't need to measure on the impact on a few URLs. I'm just going through the whole website very often. And uh, and and yeah, and this is pretty much how I'm measuring this. However, I just wanted to say one thing about um, all this uh, all this concept because uh, John, you sounds like you are very um, pro uh, Web Vitals, and uh, I feel very often that it's a kind of a hype development that we're experiencing, guys. From one side, we are in the 5G era. We have the fastest internet that ever uh, we ever had, and we are faffing with image compressions and CSS compressions and JS compressions, and we are looking on the on this kind of indicators. This is stupid. I feel sometimes, as an SEO, you know, it can. It, you know, if you're looking on the broader broader view, then the amount of money that been spent in last two years on page speed optimization and the outcome that came from this, you know, very often it's a chasing of the of the indicators, chasing of the metrics, chasing of the color of the you know bubbles. Like uh, some people are chasing religiously uh, Yoast, and they thinking that you know if they will have everything green, then they need to to rank. It's not like that. So I am a moderately skeptic uh, about everything. I see this other side of the coin, you know, but if you're asking, because I know that there is other side of the coin, but there is also dance, dance because uh, Google is playing like uh, one of our colleague wrote about AMPs, Barry, uh, dance, dance, because Google is playing. So I'm dancing. That's his pet hate, isn't it? <laughs> you, you, you know, like uh, I have URL profiler, I have APIs and I'm, I'm going through my WordPress websites or non-WordPress website. It's like, oh, woo, average uh, ranking, average page speed right now is that much. And then I'm implementing WP Rocket and Cloudflare. Oh, now by average, it went that much up. So it, it's true. I have a slightly different view of this. Um, and the way I would put it would be that uh, we wouldn't have the majority of changes that we've had um, that have been have made the web better if it hadn't been for Google implementing all of these things. And so, for example, we likely wouldn't have as many mobile-friendly sites as we have now. We likely wouldn't have most sites being secure. Hmm. And in regards to page experience and even down to core web vitals, um, these are all initiatives to sort of like push and force the industry to be able to improve the user experience overall, which, which goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is Google needs a way, uh, a mechanism to be able to know that the sites that they're recommending um, are going to be a halfway decent user experience. And so they're using these instruments to do that. I think I think that people can get lost in, in the scores and stuff like that, like Lucas is saying, and it kind of gets a little silly um, to, to do that. Uh, but there there's an entire like history of Google doing this uh, with, and I would say like before Core Web Vitals um, and the page experience stuff in general, we had AMP. You know, AMP was probably the worst version of, of Google trying to force an industry to behave a certain way for that user experience to be a certain way, but it was the worst example. And they know that, and they've changed how AMP is done. And I actually am a, pro a proponent of AMP now, as opposed to an opponent, 
which I was before, uh, because of, of them detaching it from top stories because they are now making it so that things are true components that anybody can add uh, through their Bento initiative. Um, but in regards to the fact that that page experience, you know, Lighthouse exists, um, the core vital scores exist, I see it as a positive. I see it as a good thing. Uh, I see it as a way to sort of like navigate us um, towards a way where uh, we can make our user experience better for our visitors and we can benefit from it in Google search. Okay. I just want to come into to, to our users here just for, for, for anyone in the audience that doesn't know. Uh, Core Web Vitals um, is, a, is a platform in Google Search Console um, and uh, Lighthouse is a platform in, uh, in, in Chrome. Uh, that you can use um, that's in there. So just wanted to, you know, sometimes we get carried away with three-letter abbreviations and uh, uh, and, uh, and and running off in our in our, in our worlds. And uh, I'm I'm very aware when I when I go into a a different audience or a different different world, and I'm the, the listener. When people start banding about three-letter TLAs, three-letter abbreviations, I don't know. Then I kind of I kind of panic. Uh, Pam, any other tools that you like for uh, for site performance, uh, measuring site performance? So I just want to uh, quickly echo what was being said on both fronts uh, just now on the, it is kind of stupid in a way that Google's holding us up to a standard of, you know, Lighthouse, Lighthouse, Lighthouse uses a 3G 1.6 megabit per second connection emulation. Like that's kind of ridiculous. Um, on the flip side though, I do think it's a good thing that they're setting these standards for the industry, as John just said. So it's like, you know, as with everything in life, a middle of the road approach is probably best, you know, to go to one extreme and not do anything about it. Not good to go to the other extreme and obsess over every little score. Probably not good either. So anyway, just wanted to echo both of those points. As far as tools go, um, of course, PageSpeed Insights, which is what shows you the core web vitals and the, um, the lighthouse uh, scores in one place. Um, also, of course, you can see that data in Search Console. But for a quick, uh, especially for clients to understand easily, for a quick like red, yellow, green kind of a, a, a measurement, um, I like PageSpeed Insights. And it's also, it's Google, so it's kind of straight from the horse's mouth. It doesn't really matter if those the way they calculate those scores is ridiculous or not. Be, well, we have to march to the tune of that drum anyway. Um, like you're saying, dance, we have to dance anyway because they said dance. So uh, so we usually start with PageSpeed Insights. But also GT Metrics is excellent and webpagetest.org is excellent as well. We definitely go to those for digging deeper. I do want to say that while the 3G sounds ridiculous, to us, um, because I'm assuming that we all have um, broadband and we spend most of our time on on desktop. You know, I think the reasoning behind that is because um, most searches are done, at least you know, on Google Search on on mobile devices, and and the majority of searches are probably uh, not from us with really fast internet connections. So, I mean, I I, th I think there's validity to them making that um, sort of a a baseline. Um, it's just that we don't experience that, I, but I think we might be in the minority and that's probably why they do that. I think for other that's countries, fair. that's definitely fair. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're just setting the bar high cause it's hard enough to drag people to do something. So they set the bar high and, you know, get as close as you can. Maybe it's just me, but I can't, I can't use the internet on 3g. I, I mean, just, 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 <laughs> oh, getting, I, I, just, I, just <laughs> getting Google search results in the first place on the screen just takes too long for me. So, uh, right? you know, yeah, they so should, Google uh, itself needs to improve if they think that we're going to carry on with 3g. Exactly. Now I get that that's not the same the whole 
whole world over. And, and, and you know, as soon as you go out of the cities of America, you've got exactly the same problem anyway quite a lot of the time. So, you know, certainly in the wilds of uh, wilds of Wales, when I go into the Welsh mountains, you know, um, <laughs> 3, 3G is good, but, you know, it's not the same as 4G. So there's, there's a way to go. I, I want to also say something about the tools, um, which is all the tools that were mentioned are really good and, and I have used and used them. Um, of course, I mean, I think we're aware that Google has its own tools um, you know, built right into Chrome and so on. But the point I want to make was at uh, at the end of the day, the only scores that actually matter in regards to this are what shows up in Google Search Console because they're using Crux data, uh, which is real data from real users. And that's actually what they use um, in regards to um, how they might rank something. And, and so we use the tools that were already discussed previously to help um, troubleshoot and improve our sites. But what really matters is whether you have good or like, I don't know, yellow warning, whatever they call it, um, or, or red. Uh, and so, and so we're, we're going for green or good in Google Search Console. Uh, everything else is just for development, is for improvement. I, I, I mean, I'll just add slight bulb into the mix, just because I can sit there and just do a whole load of web pages and and, uh, and have a look at the individual pages and get them all done in there as well. Um, he's not paying me, uh, but uh, <laughs> maybe uh, you will after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but I, you know, but but for me, mostly I'll use Lighthouse as well because I just you know it's easy, it's there. I don't have to log into anything. I can you know I can just do it from Chrome. Uh, okay, I want to go back to this images thing because clearly when you've got unoptimized images that can be the slowest way of loading your page and it, it's a it's 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 a simple thing for a lot of seos to to fix but only if you know what you're doing and 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 you've you mentioned um uh, the web 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 p um format or, or um lucas which is i'll be honest not one i use um but uh anyway uh, it can be it can be fiddly, you know. If you're if you're a WordPress user and you're not a you're not a sort of technical SEO and stuff, um, it can be a bit fiddly just trying trying to suddenly make those images you know web optimized. Um, how do you go about that? Well, firstly, Lucas, how do you put something into a WebH format? How do you put? That? <laughs> yeah, so there there is a plenty of con uh, conversion tools and the. The, the the most manual thing I can I can even think about, and it happens sometimes to me. It is just take all the folder with media, no matter what CMS this is. Just copy this on your local machine. Take the uh, some compressor, compress this, and then send back to developers and let them to replace that. This is the super manual process. If the developers don't understand the thing for WordPress, the pain is buried under plugins. <laughs> there are plugins for everything. There is a plugin for that. It's uh, for example, uh, Short Pixel. Short Pixel is an API API based plugin that on their on their infrastructure image will be compressed, uh, converted into WebP and sent back to your uh, your server and job done. And you can have this also on the fly. So you know during the the, the life cycle of the website, uh, website will be converting and converting and converting. this is great because you're just forgetting about this. You don't think you shouldn't think as a business owner or even as a manager about this kind of super nitty-gritty stuff uh it should be out kind of semi-automated or automated and it's good that there's lots of wordpress plugins that do you know uh automate all of that uh, the compression for you but on the other side of optimization isn't there a really good argument for the less plugins you have in wordpress the faster your site is so which is 
which is it to be? That's true, but I wanted to mention this is almost the same. Like you know, all the CSS JS must be compressed, and finally you ending with this one last one, which is surprise, surprise, Google Analytics JS code, which is never compressed and minified. You know, Google wouldn't wouldn't compress. You know, uh, or like. I love this uh, cumulative uh, layout shift, which always hits me in Gmail, you know? Always in Google Gmail. Google Images. Google Images oh, every oh day. Oh, my gosh. You, you are about to click and everything is shifting up. And I'm oh, always... You're you really mad. God, it, yeah. Maybe they should employ a UX company. Oh, they, no. they should hire me. They should hire me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always would love to see Google, Google.com in such console. How many impressions Google have in right. Google? But anyway, like uh, like yeah, Dixon, you're absolutely right. Uh, the the plugins can be absolutely killer. Uh, that's why I'm not saying that plugins are uh, ultimate remedy for any problem. They need to be used wisely. Sometimes plugin can be used only for a moment to do the job and then remove it because you don't need this anymore. You know, less plugins always better. However, we need to remember that if we will be that kind of how to say this um if we will go too far we may end up with the website that warren buffett have uh have you seen warren buffett website he's not done badly (laughs) no he's done not badly no css no js nothing plain text the fastest website on the internet you know yeah, if you can find Barclays, uh, the Barclay uh, website, David, and put it in the the, the comments, then that'd be great. It's uh, it's an absolutely terrible website, but it's probably quite quick. You know, uh, it's really nineteen ninety something. Uh, yeah, Pam, what do you use to uh, compress images? I use Imagify, which is made by the same company as WP Rocket, and it works in similar ways the other image uh, plugins we just mentioned. But the big benefit that I see with Imagify is that it integrates directly with WP Rocket to cache the WebP versions of the images. And it's also pretty good at serving up the old fashioned style images, the JPEGs, when a browser doesn't support it. So that fallback and the integrated integration with the caching in WP Rocket makes Imagify my go-to. That's good. That's a good tip. John? Yeah, I don't I don't use any plugins. Um, I thought you were gonna say I don't use any images. <laughs> I yeah, I have no images <laughs> whatsoever. Um when when I used to use pings um and and JPEGs, and I still use JPEGs sometimes, I uh, would use image optim. Actually, I would optimize the output using uh, a, an image editor called Pixelmator Pro, which is Mac only. Um, and I'd use an app called Image Optim for my pings, and that would reduce it. But what I do now, I mainly just use WebP now, um, which is uh, can get you in trouble if somebody's using a really old browser on a corporate computer or something like that. But my audience for the stuff I write and for my sites, it's generally everybody's up to date. And so I use WebP. Pixelmator Pro is one of the only good image editing apps out there uh, that actually will output to WebP and allow you to control the um, actual optimization for the compression for that. Um, but you actually don't need all that. You you can actually continue to use JPEGs and pings like you always have, and then just use Cloudflare's uh, polish um, uh, feature, which will automatically optimize and serve Web Web P images instead of your pings and JPEGs when it knows that the browser that connects to your site uh, supports it. And and so so 
That, well, there's another excellent player. point in there too, which is even if you are using WebP, you still shouldn't be uploading a 4,000 pixel wide image into a 40 pixel yeah. wide spot. <laughs> you still have to do well, that's traditional. That's not a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That you might want to resize that <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and, and Luke's solution of just of just uh, of locally compressing all the files, they won't know what size they're going to be. So, so yeah. So that's another another, another challenge. Um, I like I like the idea of bringing it down local, and then you don't have any mess up there. But it doesn't doesn't resize the image for you. So, uh, so that that, that's, that does. Yeah, that's true. That doesn't resize. And if Pam, if there is a situation that you have only 40 pixels, then in that case, I'm always loading AnimGIF, Bob the Builder. It doesn't even matter if it, if it makes sense. That's what you're uploading. It's yeah. Bob the Builder. I'm embarrassed. Right. Let's be honest. Everyone is talking about JPEG, PNG, and Web. What are GIFs? What are GIFs? <laughs> they do rule the internet now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your favorite ever meme. I want to okay. see those scrolling marquees come back. I'm looking at that Warren Buffett website. I'm cracking. I just expect to see the marquee and the yeah. GeoCities counter at the so bottom. So, anyone on Spotify, we're looking at Bar BarkshireHathaway.com. <laughs> and uh, well worth a well worth a look if you uh, you really want to get some some uh, modern insights into UX. Uh, anyway, uh, you talked about Cloudflare, John. So let's let's move on to CDNs. Uh, and I'll, I'll start with the basic question uh, for you know anyone that hasn't used a CDN before, like Cloudflare or CloudFront or you know uh, Amazon have one. I can't remember what it's called. You know, uh, you know uh, why why are they good? Why are they good? Pam, why do you go? Why 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 are CDNs good? All right, so CDN stands for Content Delivery Network, um, and it's based on the principle that there really actually isn't a such thing as the cloud, like the internet is not in the sky. It's actually a network of computers, physical boxes with wires that are connected to each other, and there's some wireless stuff in there, but in essence, it does matter if your website is hosted on a server in California and most of your clients are coming from New Jersey or the other side of the globe. Um, so, so that latency, the, the delay that's caused by the physical distance is rectified by a content delivery network, which is a network of computers that hosts uh, copies of your website. Think of it like a photocopier uh, that makes a stack of copies and leaves them in all different places. And so it's easy for whoever to wants to visit your website to go to the server closest to them and get a copy of it instead of having to send a request to the server halfway across the globe. So I mean, so so the the, uh, the the good side of that is that then you know you've got you've got your stuff mirrored all over the globe, uh, I guess. But the downside of that, and so it's uh, so it's cached. Um, but the downside of that then surely is is if you're going to change some stuff, um, it may not uh, it may not upload onto the uh, person's computer at the other end. Is that right, Lucas? Yes. Every time I make a change on my website, because I have um, I have hosting level caching, I have WP Rocket caching, and then I have Cloudflare doing caching as well. So every time I make a change, I have to clear cache in three different places. And then if I need to make another minor change, clear, clear, clear again. So yes, it does not come without downsides. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I, I, I can only echo that. I am using religiously WP Engine as my hosting provider, and I love these guys. They are amazing. And uh, obviously, but I, I still use Cloudflare, and I still use, uh, I think, pretty much that. Uh, they have also some kind of built in caching system. And it's always like, I prefer to put like parameter, question mark, refresh, just to see the change. Uh, that's one thing, and uh, John probably. So, what's that tip, Lucas? What do you do? 
I just add a random parameter, question mark, and just a random characters. On the URL? Yeah, yeah on the URL. Because, because, the files. because, okay, right. because my caching is working with exclusion of the of the um, parameters. So I'm not caching parameters, yeah? And that is forcing kind of browser to take things from the website. And then... I don't care if people refresh this or not. It will eventually on some point refresh. So I don't worry about this. But I wanted to mention about one thing. Uh, potentially, uh, John will agree with me uh, in, uh, or maybe not, uh, on Cloudflare. There is Argo. I love Argo. I always uh, open like Argo. Argo is this kind what's, of What's like, Argo? How do you spell Argo? A-R-G-O. Um, okay. Argo is on the business setup and uh, it. It is a special way to scale up the number of servers that are across different locations. So they are very proudly, Cloudflare very proudly is telling that, oh, we have that many uh, that many locations here and there. And uh, thanks to that, you, your website is accessible so fast. And, you know, this is great. But obviously for clients, it's very, very important to explain the difference between hosting and between uh, a CDN, because some clients may be like, but we are already paying Kinsta or WP Engine. And it's like, no, this is uh, something different. Well, and it's confusing because some hosts do include their own CDN and others exactly. don't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, but there's a, there's an, another thing, isn't there, with C CDNs um, that CDNs also act as firewalls. So they're blocking uh, a lot of traffic, particularly uh, they, they love to block bot traffic. But I, I put it to you that as as the world is getting much more app driven, much more <clears throat> um, uh, driven by you know voice searches and and uh, you know uh, you know Netflix suddenly doing search or build, you know or, or crawling voice all sorts of things and Apple coming on or image search which is using a different crawl technology is blocking the bots holding back the chance of real users seeing your content and should you use the default um, blocking, uh, you know, blocking that the, the, these CDNs in particular use. I'm not a fan of using them because, you know, uh, they'll probably block, you know, Majestic for a start. But, uh, but on top of that, I find that um, there are increasingly occasions where a human being may not see your content. If, if an RSS feed was trying to fetch it, for example, it might block it, and then it's not going to be in an RSS feed. You don't always have to have it on your website. What do anyone, John? I've only had positive exp uh, experience with, with Cloudflare and how it blocks bots. Um, I think that um, if most bots that it probably does block are nefarious and, you know, they're up to no good, at least that's what I've, I've seen with my own sites um, that I run through Cloudflare. Uh, the other thing is uh, it's, you know, from a security perspective um, and fighting uh, bad actors, it's, uh, I couldn't have done certain things without Cloudflare. Um, for example, uh, on one of my sites, uh, coif.news, there is a site in France that decided it would uh, ping my site every minute um, would, and it was trying to get the RSS feed and then it would take it, then it would auto translate it into French and then republish it on its site. I was able to, um, research, investigate, figure out exactly where it was coming from. And, and after pinpointing everything, block every, uh, possible way that it could actually get to my site. And in doing that, 
I'm sure I blocked some people from an ASN out of, out of France. Um, I'm, I'm sure that there was some poor experience or whatever, but to me, you're, you're talking about like under 1%. You're, you're talking about something that is, is it's an insignificant amount of bad experiences from perhaps a real user versus somebody stealing and translating your, your content um, and trying to monetize your own content. Um, or somebody coming in and, and using up the resources of, of your server. So I'm, I personally am pro CDN. Um, besides the fact, of, oh no, all, I'm, all I'm pro CDN. Get. Don't get me wrong, I'm way pro. No, you CDN. said you were against them, and you would no, never no, use no, them. No, 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 no. I use, I use, I, use, I, I, use, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a happy user of Cloudflare. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 I do, uh, and uh, and not least because uh, you know I've had. Uh, a number of sites, as soon as somebody decides to try and uh, run a bot to try and, um, you know, break my, well, I've got WordFence to block the, the auto-login kind of things. But, uh, yeah, as soon as that goes there, then uh, you can quite quite quickly get your... I would assume that Majestic, the Majestic bot is is not considered a bad bot by Cloudflare. No, well, I, well, I, at least my, I think one of the things that is interesting to me is that bad bots don't identify themselves as bots. That's the that's the basic thing, you know. You have to positively say that you are a bot for it to have in your user agent that you're a bot, you know. One line of code you can use you can use screen frog whatever and it can be any bot that you you want to be called. Just put your own user agent in there. So uh so so uh, my my bugbear really is that um usually uh the bad bots um pretend to be um firefox users or you know chrome users or, or using in fact most of them are using headless chrome now anyway so you know so it's uh, it's the repetitive nature of the 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 hitting that needs to kick in and then yeah that does need to be the case sorry pam you were going to no, I was just going to say what you just said. It's then, you know, I would hope it would be catching the behavior. Yeah, if yeah. Not rather, the user than the, agent. rather than the name, really, rather than the user yeah. agent. Yes, there we go. So anyway, uh, right. Okay, uh, so uh, CDN's good um, uh, and caching great um, as long as you remember to purge things when you update your uh, stuff if you want it to get live very quickly. Okay, great. Uh, what about shared hosting? Uh, does it matter? Bad? Um, <laughs> how do I know? How do I know, Pam? It's bad. Uh, I mean, those it's cheap, but those shared hosting plans and companies are notorious for squishing, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of websites onto a single computer. And again, there is no such thing as the cloud. It's actually physical computers and you can overtax them. And that's basically what happens. Um, also, there could be other malicious actors on that server with you and you can, you know, get penalized for their bad behavior. Um, so thumbs down to shared hosting. How do you know if you're on shared hosting? I mean, you can obviously check your hosting bill, um, but there's a lot of other tools out there to check it uh, for you. Some of them don't work so great. I'm actually looking for a new one. I, the one that I that I go to is who is hosting this, but it oh, well, doesn't. I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer the question that I'll save John from coming in and answering it for me. But uh, so Majestic's <laughs> Neighborhood Checker is, is I think it's free. Uh, it's just, um, and it will tell you domains okay. that are on check that uh, on any um host so you can either put in an ip address or put in your own website in a list well list the first 100 or 200 domains that are on any website and then tell you how many there actually are um and then you know how many links to all of those pages as well so you've suddenly got an idea of how you're competing with resources really so that's uh, that's kind of 
kind of a plug for plug for Majestic there because you know got it. I've literally made a note to check it out. Well, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I know I know you're gonna be surprised, but I have an opinion about this. Um, so, so I love a piece. Okay, you're happy with share those things. I mean, I don't have them, but I'll I'll express one now. Um, so I uh, in real life scenarios in regards to like clients, my own sites, that type of thing. I'm in total agreement with Pam on. I wouldn't do a shared hosting uh, environment. I, I would, you know, I would do something um, at the very least, something like WP Engine or Kinsta that's kind of been uh, described before, just because of all of the features that you get with that, including backups and restores, and it just makes things better and easier. However, uh, to throw in the it depends, um, I've had great success with shared hosting, <laughs> um, with things that I've tested, but with the caveat of it going through Cloudflare. So for example, we just talked about, um, you know, the IP being shared with perhaps bad actors, bad sites, whatever it might be. Um, if you run it through Cloudflare, not only do you get all the things we've already discussed, um, but they're going to mask the IP. So, I mean, anything that's delivered via Cloudflare as a CNN isn't even going to use the IP address of what you're using on the shared hosting provider in the same way that they also um, mask uh, DNS IPs and uh, DNS records. So uh, it can work. And, and I've even, I've been practicing or, or playing around with uh, IPFS, which is a whole other conversation, which is decentralized web. Um, and I've been able to throw stuff on the decentralized web uh, via IPFS run it through Cloudflare, and it works as good as if I were hosting it at WP Engine or some other, uh, say, dedicated uh, hosting service. And, and yeah, and Cloudflare has a free option, doesn't it? So if you're spending, you know, all of shared hosting prices, then you probably want the free version of Cloudflare. <laughs> yeah, oh, I I, um, I take advantage of the free version of Cloudflare across the board. I, I, I definitely pay for it for certain sites, but... Um, you know, it's there for a reason. And and if you end up growing and you need more features, particularly like the Argo that, that Lucas um, mentioned, um, then you're going to upgrade. That's why they have that there. I mean, they have it there for other reasons, um, but that's why the free account exists. And um, I'm a big proponent for it. I put my tinfoil hat on and say, well, it's there for the CIA. No, okay. no, 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> I was no, waiting no. for that. <laughs> There's somebody else coming there, really. So, okay, right. Okay. Uh, look, I want to I want to finish up with... with um, how fast is good enough? Because surely we started by saying that um, you, you don't need to obsess. Once you know, at some point you don't need to obsess. There's other things to worry about. At some point, you've got to get this stuff good. So, is there a how fast is good enough kind of um, thing that we can take away at all? I, I think uh, whenever you passing uh, the green message that is giving you that you passing the core web vital assessment, that's that's fine. You know, you don't need to sculpture in this kind of, oh my gosh, 93 and yesterday I was 95. So what now? Oh my gosh, we need to start from scratch. You know, we need to build, we need to build new business. Uh, so yeah. So <laughs> burn it all down. Burn, burn it down. Fire yourself, close the company. <laughs> yeah, so that's one thing. And uh, observation of the search console, that's absolutely what I would echo, John. Uh, and as an off-topic, I just wanted to get to the previous uh, web uh, shared web hosting. I am using very often built with relation profiles. On built with, you can see what are the other websites they know about that are on the same IP number and what are the other websites that are using the beginning of the J, uh, 
Google Analytics code or Google Tag Manager uh, or uh, Hotjar. So you can see relation between websites on different level. One of these is IP number. Uh, so that's a, as an off topic. So that's, I think Nerdy Data does something similar to that as well, doesn't it? it finds 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 bits of snippets of code of yeah. in, in stuff. Yeah, so that's cool. Okay, John, do you want to, you know, any, anything to add on there? Or, you I, know, I agree with everything on? Lucas green. just said on that. Um, and green, the, green, green light is all you need. Well, yeah, well, the, the, only, thing I would add, the only thing I would add would, would just be, um, you know, after that looks good in regards to just what does Google think of my site, um, you still have sort of the the thing that's always been there, which is you still need to look at your analytics and see where people are balancing what they're doing on your site. So you still have to at least analyze what's going, what visitors are doing on your site and make improvements there. But in regards to, I think, the the core part of this conversation, which is Google uh, page experience, core web vitals, um, making sure you're good, you're green for the majority of your pages and GSCs, kind of that that's kind of where you need to be. So to keep people from bouncing and stuff, you want something like Hotjar or or Microsoft Clarity, their new uh, tool or something like that. But unfortunately, that involves JavaScript yeah. on a page, which slows the website. Or your brain looking at oh, analytics. Brain, you know. That works too. <laughs> you want to jump yeah, in there? Yeah, that's a tool we can use. The brain. Mm, what is that tool? That? <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, so that- or you copy Warren, ba- Warren Buffett websites. That's the best way. The it, it, it really is. Yeah. Warren Buffett's website. That's right, because yep. he made Just money. Just do that. So, Just true. do that. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Guys, uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, before we uh, before we go, uh, just uh, ask people to, to to get their their um, their last minute. Uh, plugs for their own their own stuff but david uh what have we got coming up so coming up we've got episode 20 next that was um episode 19 you've been listening to or, or watching so episode 20 is going to be on the 1st of september that is going to be on seo for shopify we've already got kevin indig booked for that so he heads up the seo for shopify we'll have two more great knowledge of seos on shopify seo on that one and you'll see us streaming live at 5 p.m bst 12 p.m eastern Daylight time, it's cold, isn't it? <laughs> and um, just sign up at majestic.com slash webinars for that. That's great. I can't imagine we get a better person in the world than uh, than Kevin Indig for that particular topic. So that's great. So thank you very much. So uh, it leaves it for me to say, guys, thank you very much for coming on. Um, if people want to track you down, uh, where do they find out more about you? Uh, Lucas, um, I know it says on your site, on your on your um, thing, but not everybody's got the uh, the visuals. <laughs> here, here SEO.London. <laughs> Remember, SEO.London, not SEO.London.com.net. No, .London. That's the, the top-level domain. Not London.SEO, SEO.London. <laughs> Pam, where do they find you? Uh, anywhere on the web at Pam and Marketing. So PamandMarketing.com or like at Pam and Marketing on Twitter. Um, also StealthSearch.com for our reseller stuff. That's brilliant. And John, are we allowed to find you or are you going back on the You're allowed now? to find me, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I was hiding, but maybe I was. Um, I'm on Twitter uh, at Henshaw. Uh, and then if you want to follow the experiments and things I write about online, it's at coywolf.com. C-O-I-W-O-L-F. You know, I tell you what, you know somebody is on the old guard when they've got a Twitter handle of at Henshaw. That's, at that's Henshaw. Awesome. Very good. Guys, thank you ever so much for coming down. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you to the audience for uh, listening today. And uh, please come and join us again for the uh, the next session of Old Guard New Blood. Bye-bye. Oh,